Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Kirk Morris. Kirk Morris is a restorative justice specialist, works with the Suffolk University Center for Restorative Justice, and assists schools and districts strategically planning and implementing restorative justice practices. Kirk, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, Kirk, you were a, a panelist at our Better Together program for MassQ. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what your talk was about there? So the discussion that I led um, during the fireside chats was regarding a group of circles that we put together in Cambridge uh, to bring educators and families, caregivers together uh, during the pandemic. Things had got, you know, really stressful um, for both parents and teachers. And the concern of the educators were that, you know, they felt that they were uh, not working together and almost like rivals, you know. And so they wanted to figure out a way to to bring people together to hear how the pandemic was impacting them and, and also think of ways to improve the relationships and, and work worked with like moving forward at the time no one really knew when it would end uh, so yeah and and with that talk um you know being able to get the teachers association on board did you and and parents and administrators what did you find as as sort of the the most common problem facing those groups i mean i think everyone was just stressed like it was there was stress put on, you know, for for the teachers, you know, the the demands of, of being a teacher and doing it remotely and, and doing it in a way that had never been done before, but still expected to do a good job. You know, there wasn't much like leniency. It was like, oh, these teachers, you know, if the Zoom didn't work or, right. if the, you know, like it was the teacher's fault or if the parents couldn't get in, it was the parent, you know, so and, and everyone was stressed. I mean, it was not. It was not much training for parents. So like even logging their kids in and, and like I, I had two kids who were doing online learning. So I, I knew exactly, you know, what was happening as well as I was teaching online. Um, so but I think everyone was just stressed and, and you know, the demands were high, you know, and also we were in a pandemic where people were like getting sick and losing relatives mm-hmm. and, you know, like take having to take time off and you know it was it was just crazy so i think giving what we've realized was that like everyone had challenges you know so i think that's why folks like left the meetings feeling like okay i'm not i'm not in this alone you know yeah. and, and they felt heard like someone listened to their concerns and then you know we all like to feel like someone's listening to us you know? yeah do you feel like something like that made inroads with with the relationships between teachers and, and families? Yeah, definitely. Um, our hopes were that, you know, individual schools would kind of duplicate these and, and have smaller like circles, you know, with the with the principals and, and in the smaller communities. And then we bring the larger groups together. Uh, but I think so. I think that was our, our plan was to show like kind of a formula for like you can do it like this you know we introduce each other we you know but it, it is a process um and we definitely recommend like that folks know kind of what you're doing before you just jumping into it because 
as one guy has said on the discussion, he's like, man, I came here to argue and, and there just was no space for that. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> right. Because we want, you know, we were deliberate about like the question, like, yeah, we could all complain, but it's like, all right, let's, you know, we're, we're really working toward a goal of like making this better. Yeah. Um, Cause honestly the school committee meetings and, and city council meetings, oh. there were a lot of, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think about, you know, where I live, the, the school committee meetings where I live. And I, I think to myself, I'm like, they're reading your name and your address. And then you're asking that question or you're behaving in this way. What, what were you thinking? Um, and, and maybe some of it is just like what you said there, the guy that he, I came here to yell, but there's no place for it. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you set the tone ahead of time, that makes a huge difference. And, and, and this has sort of led to some more of your work with the recess program. Tell me about that. Yeah, so again, it's it's really what I believe um, is is building the community first. You know, um, recess was an opportunity to build community. Um, this was a program that the um, deputy superintendent of schools in Cambridge came up with. Like the idea, um, it was like school's about to happen. Kids have been out of school for you know eighteen months. Uh, what can we do to ease kids back in and give them some experience over the summer? Um, so a group of folks were thinking about it. They reached out to me, you know, with the idea already and actually the name recess already, which I thought was just like genius, you know, but I definitely didn't come up with the name, but, you know, just a fun space again, to, to introduce, um, kids to each other. I think that was probably the biggest success. Like I'm sure friendships were formed that will continue forever, you know, cause I still hang out with, with my buddies from fourth and fifth grade, you right, know, right really grew up with um so we we created a space um for kids to come and, and have fun but also my thoughts were like you know if we're going to ease them back into school like let's at least get them you know to pick up a pencil again and, and maybe do some artwork and do some drumming and, and just different activities that you know they're going back to music class they're going back to drama and all these you know different expectations it's zoom was more like sit still focus you know i know they they did have like pe on zoom you know and different things but you know we were just like how can we um introduce you know this, some of the activities and things that school is going to look like again um so we did that in a in a playground in in cambridge hoytfield um and brought a lot of just different community members and a lot of families and kids and um yeah it was a, it was a great time and the city supported it um the, the mayor's office um the school department um, the rec department, um, the water department, like we really brought all of these folks together because mm -hmm. we needed, and, and we had kids design it. We had some high school students design it. Like what's going to be cool. What would you come here for? And they were like slipping slides. And we had some inflatable things that we rented from a, from an organization. Uh, they were called street seats and they're like these huge inflatable things that like kids can just check out, like hang out on and climb. And mm -hmm. so again, it was, it was fun, but also, you know, really introducing, you know, the partnership with the police. So we had the police bomb dogs and things come down and the fire department come talk safety. And so, you know, just kind of sneaking in some educational stuff um, with, with some fun stuff. Uh, but also I think, again, it building that community, building that network, making it stronger. Um, all of the folks that serve kids, you know, often serve in their own silos. And I think what recess is starting to do is like create a web and like, so that we're all like 
stronger together mm-hmm. and not just like our individual organizations. Yeah. And the STEAM program and using those, um, those town departments or the city departments really emphasizes that where you could say yeah. to kids, you know, here's, here's some career opportunities. Uh, but at the same time, like, let's take the resources of these different departments, like you said, silos that get siloed and, and bring them in and, and see what kind of support they can bring for students. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of folks want to do that, but there's not really many opportunities. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in Cambridge, there are tons and tons of, you know, pharmaceutical and just, the, I mean, industry is booming in, in Kendall Square, but not many opportunities for those companies to actually like train the next generation of, of worker, you know, that, that workforce either. So hopefully we can forge some of those partnerships and, and really set up programs where they're, you know, grooming their next, you know, developers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And this was for uh, middle school aged kids, correct? So it was, the idea was middle school kids. I mean, I, I think what I got the city to realize, and I think this is again, kind of the siloed piece is like, there aren't, it was middle school focused, but like you don't often see like a sixth grader just walking down the street by himself, mm-hmm. you know, or herself. They they usually are with if they're an older sixth grader, they might have a younger sibling with them or if they're on the younger end, they have an older sibling. So how do we create a space where like everyone can come or they're with their parents, you know, and even yep. parents like we had we had space where parents can come and just hang out, you know, and just chill and talk and bleaches and, you know, parents were playing games and, and stuff as well. Uh, we had food there. So really like definitely um geared toward middle school kids but i think what was what worked really well is like no kid wants to be the oldest kid in the program you know so like as long as you have like older kids there um and they're seeing like kind of like that role model um then they'll, they'll show up so yeah we had i mean we had kids from all all ages um but again like the program in peace was definitely like middle school with like high school students who worked the program um and like kind of led in like a little like kind of counseling training roles. Mm-hmm. And now do you see this program expanding further going forward, uh, like during the school year or or just kind of summertime? Yeah, we're actually in, in talks right now trying to find a space um, to, to do something all year um, in, the, in the like out of school time realm. So, you know, sometime after school, creating a space where kids can drop in and, and, you know, we'll have activities happening. Um, we'll, we'll definitely take new ideas from them, you know, like what, what do you want as well as like opening it up to, to the local community and, and the industry um, around to like provide workshops and trainings. And uh, we're hoping to like partner with a couple um, like institutions um, and that way that they'll have like a direct link where their students can do programming in this space. So uh, hopefully very soon, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll have recess again in the summer next year, but but we're hoping that that's like kind of the, the annual thing, but then we're doing more of the stuff throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the work that you've done with Suffolk University and restorative justice, um, the you go out and you, you assist schools and school districts um, planning and implementing these pro- uh, these processes and practices. How does that start? Do, um, schools reach out to you directly, or does a partnership form with the university? I'd like to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so usually uh, schools reach out. Um, Suffolk doesn't do much in terms of like advertising and promotion, you know. But we it's word of mouth. Um, but schools, I mean, restorative justice, I would say fortunately, uh, because I'm an advocate, 
of it um, it has caught on. You know, I I first learned of restorative justice in, actually, I was a student at Suffolk University working for Carolyn, who is the boss, you know, the director of the center. She was my professor. Um, In 1999, I took a course called restorative justice. And at the time, she made the curriculum we used for the class. And it was a bunch of Xerox copied articles and and things that she found um, that she made, you know, the course book with and bound it together for us. Um, So between 1999 and 2021, a lot has, you know, happened and there are books written and, you know, actually we're able now at Suffolk to to teach this stuff because the word is spread. They're ancient practices, um, really, um, but I think people just beginning to use them again in institutions and in ways, you know, other than like, you know, we all kind of at home sit in circle, you know, and, and generally do these practices with our close communities, but like it had been kind of taken away, I think definitely in like the uh, penal system, you know, where like we don't even involve the victim in in the punishment or, you know, not even not necessarily the punishment, but in the like resolution of the problem. A lot of times it's, it is the state versus so-and-so and like right. not even the harmed person. So, uh, so schools generally will, you know, like someone, a principal or a district is like, hey, we're moving in this direction. Um, and, you know, we would like someone to help facilitate the process um we say it's like a three to five year process um to really like see you know not to see change you can implement small changes but you know to really have what you we would say and not just we at suffolk you know this is happening in oakland and in washington dc and in denver you know there's all these places and and in brazil you know all across the world where folks are saying like hey these old practices which include pretty much sitting and listening and talking to each other Mm -hmm. um, before and after, you know, disagreements happen. But when we're close to someone and we disagree, it's a lot easier to say, hey, that hurt, you know, versus like someone who I don't know or, you know, who I don't understand or who doesn't understand me. Um, So, yeah, so that, you know, when they reach out, then we'll talk about, you know, what would you like to see? What are, you know, and and go see what's really happening. A lot of times folks are saying, you know, looking at statistics, uh, you know, we're suspending a lot of our black and brown kids at higher rates, you know, or, or even I think um, we're sort of like around like hiring, like, oh, we have a lot of white teachers and, and not many teachers of color. Like, how do we, you know, what is a restorative way of handling that? What should the school look like? Um, you know, what, so giving, you know, kind of creating a space for like, looking deeper at what's happening in the you know currently in in your district because it's different everywhere or in your school um and then thinking about like okay what are some action steps and and plans that we can create to like really and to really move the work forward um and a lot of schools like i said if you look at oakland if you look in uh some schools in dc a lot of schools have already really done this work so it's not like you know you're recreating things you're just saying like hey this forming a restorative justice leadership team. Like pretty much anyone who's ever had any success has done it that way. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't come in your school and say, hey, I'm going to make this school <laughs> restorative. You know, right. we got to put, we got to get the principals and the band leader and, you know, all, just people from all walks of life, the custodian, the, the folks in the cafeteria, like who see this school on all these levels and then equalize their voice, you know, in this process, because Sometimes we don't want to hear from that cafeteria person because we we just don't value, but they could really tell you how to like not have fights in the cafeteria, yeah, you know, and like yeah. how to streamline the way food is being, you know, is distributed or even like safety wise, like protocol. So, you know, so creating a, a, a team that really 
thinks about the you know this and the school um and then how does how do we move the, the work forward you know and, and we always recommend you know it starts with like teachers getting to know each other families getting to know each other you know and then again it dives a little deeper um and, but you can use the same process for like looking at your curriculum looking at your statistics you know looking at who you're hiring looking at who you're firing you know like all of those things can be done through these processes um so what sorts of things would you be looking for in a school that's that's really had that has an established restorative justice program that is clicking on all cylinders what what's sort of one thing that you would go in and say man it's really working here and here's how i can tell i mean you walk in the building and i my so now that i have kids my like meter is like what i be comfortable leaving my kids here mm -hmm. and i feel like you can feel that the minute you walk in i i was in a program um a school administration program at um cambridge college uh, so I, I went back to school to be a principal um and got a, a cags but um one of the assignments that my my professor gave us he said go we had to go to five different schools um and just observe and that was the only thing he said and then we had to write up what we so, and it was, it was an assignment on culture, on school culture. And I mean, five schools really gives you an opportunity. Like one school, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Like it was like, I was bothering, you know, and I, and I did all the thing, you know, like he's like, call them, let them know you're coming, see if it's okay. You do all this, you show up and you're like, Hey, I'm here for, for my nine o'clock. And they're like, eh, like, they don't even want to talk to you. You're like, right. I don't want to leave my kids here. you know like but then there's other schools where it's like hey and like i mean everyone from and that's what i mean this this process involves everyone like you know and and seeing like folks in the hallway and and, and when you walk are the, are the teachers passing each other without saying good morning or are they passing kids without speaking how are the kids are they are they you know speaking with each other or does everyone have their earbuds in and hoods on and you know just like clothes and and, and i mean whatever you know it's it's you you you'll find schools in all these different spaces and, you know, hoods on doesn't mean the school's bad or earbuds, right. but, you know, really it's just like, how does that community feel? And then once you start talking to teachers and that's what we do, like I, you know, I talk to teachers and it's just like, how is this place? Uh, looking at retention, you know, how many teachers leave at the end of the year? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of ways, but I, I honestly, it's like, would I want to leave my kid here? You know, and what I, I want to work here and like, you yeah. can feel you can feel the culture, right? When you when you know what to look for, you know, like, and I've been in, honestly, I, I was trying to think the other day of like how many different school buildings I've been in. Um, I mean, it has to be close to hundreds by now hmm. uh, of different schools that I've spent like time in. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and you can tell right right away, you know, yeah. and you could even be in the same district and walk into different buildings and there's a different vibe in every building and you're like, Ooh, this isn't, something's not right here or, or wow, I'd like to stick around here. That's it's, it's pretty telling. Yeah. It's night and day. And I think also it's, you know, what you're looking for. Like I know some folks like just by having kids in uniform, they're like, Oh, this school feels so much better. Or like the kids like walking down the hall in a single file line to some people means like this school is great. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if that, you know, like that's not necessarily, I'd rather talk to the kids because I mean, honestly, I did a lot of work in juvenile detention centers. You know, I did, I worked three years. I, I, I always say I did three years in this program, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, seriously, it yeah. was, it was really, you feel like you're locked up. You know, unfortunately I, I could go home in the evening, but 
Um, but again, that like very military, like single file, like walk down the hall. And is that really what we should be teaching our kids? You know, because like that again is not developing that social and like empathetic, like human being that I'm, mm. I'm interested in helping develop, you know? So is it a straight line? I mean, but yeah, kids are safe that way. So like maybe, maybe it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's like order, but then at the same time there's, and following the rules and then there's like militants, right? Like you, you want some sort of order right. as opposed to the militants. I get that. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on here is you're doing a tour in April of historically black colleges and universities, uh, and you're taking some kids down to do tours. Um, how did that come about? So that was, so I, I went to a historically black college. Um, I went to or historically black university, actually Howard University in DC. Um, and prior to the pandemic, um, I was working, I had been doing, I started a nonprofit back in 2015 to like provide educational like experiences and things with for kids. And then it kind of evolved into doing more like work with parents and kids. Um, and we were planning a, a tour before COVID hit. Um, and we, because some of the kids I had been working with, you know, were like in high school now and some of the families and, you know, we were heading in that direction Then COVID hit and we just like, you know, everything stopped. Um, and then a couple months ago, uh, I would say two parents, one reached out and said, Hey, me and so-and-so were talking like, why don't we try to get this going again? And I was like, okay, you know, like, why not? You know? So, um, <laughs> I said, all right, well, we, you know, we already kind of started thinking about it and, you know, just kind of like finding the old notes um, and then trying to generate, you know, see who would be interested. Um, it's kind of, you know, we're, we're planning this tour, but I think what the tour for me is going to hopefully be is like the beginning of a process. So the tour would really be the end of the process, you know, but really like taking kids on on this experience, like throughout a school year, you know, of like what is college you know yeah. what what are my options after high school it's not always college you know trade right. schools I, I i do a lot of work now like building like i i probably would have been a good carpenter you know like but yeah. it was never like something that was it was like go to college go to college you right. know but right, right. really trade schools and and just different things so i think throughout the year you know introducing students to to different um opportunities you know and different years as they mature you know and then culminate with like a tour. Um, so we're going to take some students to eight schools um, between here and DC. Um, we're going to see two schools a day uh, in in April during the April vacation, uh, visiting Pennsylvania, then Maryland, then DC, and then Delaware on the way back. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, I love DC in April. It's such an and you lived there, you know that the with the cherry blossoms and the school tour groups that come during April vacation. It's like it's wild in that city. It's like fun and there's so many young people and there's such a great energy. Um, but this is this is a thing that you guys are you're financing this trip. Yeah, so we're um, we're raising funds right now uh, for the trip. Yeah, we're we're trying to you know we're asking parents a lot of the work I did in the past. Honestly, with, with parents who could afford to pay for things, you know, and they funded a lot, but always with the idea that like they're fortunate and they want to give back, you mm -hmm. know, and make sure that kids who whose parents aren't as fortunate, you know, still have the opportunity. So with this tour, we've we've priced it out. It's about seven hundred and fifty dollars per student. 
We're asking parents if, if they can pay. We're even asking them, like, if you can pay 250, if you can pay 500, if you can pay uh, 750, you know, then then let us know. Um, but then what we're also asking them to do is, <clears throat> excuse me, think of networks that they're associated with. So if your child is in high school and maybe they're in Upward Bound, like say reach out to Upward Bound and say, you know, is there any any money that could help sponsor my kid? Um, and if not, you know, we're also reaching out to organizations. I have a couple corporate sponsors who have, have you know, said they're, they're giving money. We've so far we've raised five thousand dollars just with like personal, wow. um, you know, with, with the people that I know and, and our networks and, and the GoFundMe page is up and, and the money's coming in. So um, but I think we're, you know, our push now, like I said, I've reached out to a lot of the organizations that are in schools. Um, this is a lot of the kids will be coming from Cambridge but it's not exclusively from Cambridge. I just uh, linked up with a guy from Springfield who's going to bring about five kids from, from Springfield who he works with. So we're going to do some some work with them, you know, between now and then. But he he has, like, some sponsors out in, in the western mm. part of the state, which I'm super excited, you know, about that partnership. Yeah. And then where can people find the GoFundMe if they wanted to make a donation? So, yeah, the GoFundMe is um, – it's – it's the citizens of the world. So citizens of the world is my organization. So if you go to fund, um, citizens of the world or you go to go fund me and then you'll look for the citizens of the world fund. Awesome. And I'll put that in the, I'll put that link in the show notes too. Okay. Um, where can people find you online to see your work online? So um, we have a blog spot that we created a while ago and actually we're, we're on the, in the process. We actually just, we, we made a video for the recess project, which is an amazing um video my my guy jeff put together um and we are in the process of making like a recess website but um citizens of the world is again the organization so if you look at uh citizens of the world blog dot blogspot.com so if you search citizens of the world the blogspot it usually comes up um and that just shows some of the programs that we've done um you know since 2015 um, and, and just kind of how it's evolved, you know, it's been different things. I really, you know, like to listen to the community. People often call me like with recess, you know, they call me like, Hey, we want to do something. And I'm just like, all right, you know, I, I know a lot of people, I have different connections, you know, and it's, again, that's, I think my strength is pulling these people together and, and creating things. Yeah. yeah. And, and when do you get to sleep? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like. Very, very little. Um, I do go to bed early now. You know, my kids go to bed around 7.30. So usually like between like 8 and like 11.30, 12, I'll sleep. Then I'll get up. I'll check some emails. Oh, know, wow. Yeah. Go back to sleep. But yeah, no, it's all good work and I enjoy it, you know, and, and it's definitely not like, you know, like I say, when you love what you do, it's, yeah. it's not really work. Right. So right. when people call my phone and, and folks ask me to help solve conflict, like it's it's like an honor, you know. Yeah, it is yeah, an honor. Yeah. It is an honor that that they respect me and appreciate, and that they don't want to like punch each other in the nose, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And want to do it differently, you yeah. know. And, and so, yeah. Kirk, you're doing amazing work. Um, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast here. Um, thank you so much, Kirk Morris, uh, restorative justice specialist, and um, citizens of the world. Go check out their GoFundMe and help fund that HBCU tour. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. You've been listening to the Get a Q podcast by MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.